Man, what, what a week this has been just at the Parks Church. I'm just so excited about today, and probably many of you got my cryptic email about just, hey, you want to make sure to be here this Sunday um, uh, as we roll out some really important things. But uh, the first thing and the priority will always will be here at the Parks Church is, is that of, of worshiping our God uh, and, and the Word of God. And so stand with me in the honor of reading God's Word, Jeremiah 29. We're going to read verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. All right. So you want to keep your Bible open there to Jeremiah 29. Um, How many of you know um, in... DeForge, you cannot answer this question. Snells, you cannot answer this question. Menards, Reyes, family, you cannot answer this question. What happened April 3rd, 2011? Maybe for many of you, it doesn't matter. You can't even recall what what happened on that date. But that was the first Sunday that the Parks Church officially started. And those families that I listed, and two of them being pastors who are in this room, That was the first day that we officially gathered a hundred and some people at a different church building on El Dorado Parkway. Now it's known as Heritage Church at at five o'clock. And we gathered there by faith, asking, seeking God, going, what do you want to do with a new community of faith started in a city that is already saturated with 64 other churches? That's 12 years ago. And that April 3rd at 5 o'clock started us on the journey that we're still participating in today. You're participating in today. Many of those core families, most of those core families that started with us back then are still with us today. That is a gift 12 years later. From Heritage Church on El Dorado at 5 o'clock, which is not an ideal time to start a church, by the way, um, we moved to Valley Creek Elementary. Valley Creek Elementary, which was just right down the road, and we were able to go to Sunday mornings in the cafetorium. And we thought, this is amazing, right? And so we got a U-Haul, actually another church in our community donated a U-Haul truck to us, and we just packed it full of all the equipment we thought we needed, right? And so we filled it up and, and loaded it down to Valley Creek Elementary where we began to hold services in, on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And we were there for one year, and the Lord did incredible things at Valley Creek Elementary, not just doubling our size as a church, but giving us clarity of focus about what this community of faith would truly be about, what the Parks Church would be known by and and known as. From there, we graduated, and we stepped up from an elementary school to a middle school. Evans Middle School, right down El Dorado. And by this time, we we had had this heart and prayer and vision that we were going to reach McKinney one neighborhood at a time. And some of you, you're here as a result of us passing out flyers in neighborhoods and just prayer walking those streets and having conversations with you around the schools that the Lord strategically placed us in. And so not only at at Evans uh, Middle School did the toilets go from being on the floor to actually a nice standard height for adults, um, we saw the Lord uniquely begin to position us in this community, in this city, to reach the city of McKinney, for the glory of God. And we had no idea what that looked like. 
what we found out was that we would only be at Evans Middle School for a short window of time. We were there about six, seven months or so before the city of McKinney, at the impact building here where we sit today, nine years later, called us and said, we want to invite you into being long-term tenants of our building. Well, the problem with that was that there was a church already meeting here. A church led by one of my favorite people in all, all of life, Jack Powers, New Life Church, that's still going today. They were, they were meeting in this building. And Jack, knowing our church, hearing our church, seeing our church grow, he came that first Sunday that we were gathered here in one service, not, not many of us, but gathered in this room, and he, he stood at the very back of this building, of this room right here. And he was just crying, and he was weeping, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, Kyle, I always thought that it would be new life that fills this building and fills the city, the city center with worshipers. I always, thought it'd be, I always thought it'd be the church that I led. He said, now I know the Lord has other plans. It's going to be the Parks Church. And I was like, Jack, are you seeing this? There's like a hundred of us, right? Like we, we got, you know, the only kids in kin, kids ministry were Aaron's kids at that time. Like it was just like, you, you see that? And he's like, I, I, I see it. And it was that word of encouragement that was a catalyst also, these moments in our life as a church to say, Lord, what are you doing? What, what are you up to? What might you do in and through a community of people who are serious about Jesus, who are serious students of your word, right? Who take those two things very seriously and not ourselves so much, right? But we take Jesus very seriously, who we understand has, have been planted in a specific location in downtown McKinney. You see, there is a unique grace upon the Parks Church. And for some of you, you're new. I think this is a great Sunday, but most of you who have been part of this for years, there's a unique grace here. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the pastor. And it's not because of our services. It's not because even of our geographic location. It's not because of a set of systems or, or skills. But there is a unique grace upon the Parks Church because of the people that God has assembled here. From all walks of life. From all different places and spaces, God has brought us together as a true faith family. A faith family that's still asking that same question that we began asking 12 years ago. What is possible? What's possible with a community of people who are serious about Jesus, who are serious about giving our whole lives to him? Every talent we have, every treasure is at his disposal because it's his anyway. Every measure of time, what does it look like for a people who are committed at that kind of level? What would that look like? And one of the verses um, that has been with us is Jeremiah 29, 7, the one I just read. About being a people who understand how God works by placing people in certain specific places at specific times. I brought this to somebody like, why are you holding that, Kyle? This, this is the first journal for the Parks Church I, I ever had and began to fill with dreams and prayers of this community. Now, many others have been since filled and pinned, but this is the first, and I've actually lost some of those other ones, by the way. Um, but I hold on to this one. It sits on my shelf in my office, and every once in a while, I'll flip back through it 
And I'll be like, there are some crazy thoughts in there. Like, Lord, that definitely wasn't you, right? And there are other things that I've went through and I've highlighted a lot of things where I have seen, we have seen and experienced the faithfulness of God where seeds were planted 12, 13, 14 years ago. God is giving way to. God is giving life to even to this moment right here in 2023. Right now in this season of our church. And one of those that has been highlighted is Jeremiah 29.7. And we've looked at this verse, and, and I want to look at it again this morning before I dare talk about opportunity, before I dare talk about what's ahead. Let's look at the Word of God. Jeremiah 29 gives a very specific command. Seek. Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. In Jeremiah 29, 7, you have to remember that this is written to the Israelites, the Israelites who are in exile, exile in the land of Babylon, not a friend to the Israelites. They have taken the Israelites out of their land. God has removed them from their land and placed them into exile. This is the reality of the Israelites. But let me tell you also, this is our reality. We are exiles. And so Jeremiah 29, 7 tells us about a reality that God has placed us in a specific time, in a specific place geographically as exiles, as sojourners. This is not just a New Testament thing. This is, this is a First Peter, a New Testament thing as well. First Peter 2 says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Peter's telling the people he's writing to, listen, this isn't your home. This isn't your homeland. And I hope a lot of you feel that, right? Like, I, ho I hope this isn't our forever a home, right? Like our hearts and our, our, our bodies, our souls should long and ache for something more. Where brokenness and sin are no more, right? However, we know the reality of where we live as exiles and sojourners is that there is brokenness that there is pain, that there is sin. So now the question becomes, what is God's people? What is God's people's response to that? Here's what he says in Jeremiah 29. Seek the welfare. So the reality is this. We're living as exiles. We're living as sojourners in a land, in a very specific place and time that God has put us. But then there's a command from Jeremiah 29. It says, seek the welfare of the city in which I have placed you. For us, for the Parks Church, for this community, that is McKinney. That is this land where God has placed us in this time as a faith family. And so this idea of welfare, now, it's kind of been hijacked. The Bible in, in, in the Old Testament is written in Hebrew. The Hebrew word for welfare is this, shalom. How many of you have heard that word? Yeah, shalom. Shalom is a word that means Peace, wholeness, completeness. So now think of Jeremiah's command to a people who are in exile. What is he telling them? Seek. Seek is a very active word like love. This is not just talk about how you care about. This is not just, hey, just have good feelings about it. This is no seek the peace, seek the shalom, seek the wholeness of the city or the geographic location where I have placed you. This is a very specific thing. 
And remember, back to the reality, we're exiles. The people of God were exiles. They're in Babylon, people who had maybe taken their families' lives, people who for sure were persecuted, for sure they were ripped from their land, and here's what God says to them, I want you to not only live here, but I want you to flourish and bring benefit and good and my peace to this place. That the people of peace, the people of God, would be pursuing peace in the place that God has put them. 1 Peter 2 continues this same thought. And I don't know if he had Jeremiah 29 in his mind when he wrote it, but possibly. Look at it in uh, verse 12. Beloved, I urge you, here's how you do it. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Here's how I want you to live. I want you to live as the people of peace even though you're going to be opposed, even though you're going to be rejected, even though there's going to be consequences because of your faith in Jesus. Here's how I want you to live. Honorable, living lives of peace and good deeds so that when they come against you, they're going to go, but... They're loving us in return. They're serving us in return. They're seeking wholeness and completeness in return. They're not not casting stones back at us. I think one of the the greatest pictures of this in all the Bible is from John chapter 13 with Judas, this seeking peace. Judas, the one who would betray Jesus. What does Jesus do in John chapter 13? He stoops down low and he seeks peace. By doing what? Washing the feet of Judas. By loving him. By serving him. You see, this is Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 24. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. What does it look like for you to live on your street with that kind of ethic? What does it look like for you in your workplace to live with that kind of ethic? Not seeking your own good, but the good of your neighbor, your coworker, the student beside you, the the business who's your competitor, the church, the community of faith, us as a faith family. But notice in Jeremiah 29, verse 7, it's not just seek the welfare of the city. Notice there are two commands. Seek the peace, seek the shalom of the city, but also pray. Pray for the peace of God to rule and reign. Pray as Jesus teaches us to pray, right? Lord, that you would bring heaven on earth. How do you think that comes? Well, Ephesians 3 verse 10 tells us that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made known. That the peace of God, the rule of God, the ethic of God, the heart of God is made known how? Through the church, through us. To a faith family, an expression, understanding that we are rooted in a very specific time, in a very specific place. And it begins in prayer. Remember when we were talking about reaching those who don't know Jesus? Where did that begin? Prayer, Colossians 4, pray earnestly. Where does reaching our city, where does the movement of God begin? It begins by a people humbling themselves on Wednesday morning from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m., Right? Sorry, that was a pitch for our prayer time, right? <laughs> Praying and seeking God. Or like this past Thursday night with our men, with 50 men getting together and worshiping King Jesus and praying and calling upon God to move, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. How do you want me to be the shalom, the peace of Christ in this city? 
You see, our best attempts and actions apart from prayer are futile, the scriptures tell us. How do we know the next right steps? How do we know what the next right step is? Because we're obeying the voice of God. Because we're humbling our hearts. Because we're being humble as a community and seeking him. This requires that we as the Parks Church must be spirit-led students of our city. This is not just us going, well, I think this is our best guess at where we need to invade as the people of God, where we need to infiltrate as the people of God. This is us actually coming before the God of the universe, going, your spirit fills me. Now give me eyes to see this community. Give me eyes to see this land that you have put us in in 2023 for your glory. Listen, 12 years ago is great. The Lord started something, he initiated something, but he wants to continue something in and through the Parks Church. And so it's going to require not for us to pull back the very first journal that was pulled out, but it's going to require us to hear a fresh word from him going, Lord, what do you want from us today? How do you want us to move today? How are you calling us and what are you calling us into today to serve and seek the welfare of McKinney for your glory? And so really for the last 12 years, And today it even continues to be a discovery mission in knowing our city. Where are the broken places? Where are the hurting spaces that the Lord is calling us to? What are are the beautiful things about McKinney? What's the the strengths, both physical and, and spiritual strengths? McKinney has some really amazing churches. It does. Churches that are proclaiming the gospel. Churches that are unashamedly about Jesus Christ. We're not the only one, praise God, right? We need others to reach those who don't know Jesus, those who are far off. However, there is a specific call on the Parks Church in a specific location, and that is downtown McKinney Church. That is in this place the Lord has put us. And now in McKinney, just because there are a large number of churches doesn't mean that there is a deep level of spiritual health. That's something very clear that we've learned over 12 years. Churches don't equate discipleship. Number of churches don't equate those people who are, their whole lives are sold out for Jesus Christ and his cause. That's a need. There's a large and growing population of, of lonely people in our community. 12 years have, have revealed that. We want to tout the word community, 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 not just from the church, but even around. But the reality is loneliness is pervasive when you really get to know people. There's this faux sense of community. There's this faux sense of relationship. Listen, that is where the church steps in as the people of God and go, let us show you what real relationships look like. Let us show you what real love one to another actually look like from the heart of the Father. There's a growing gap in our community between poverty and wealth. There's a large and growing um, unhoused population within our community. Listen, whose responsibility is that? Some of you say, the government. Say, well, it's the church. It's the church's mandate, right? Can can the church solve that problem? Partnered together, I believe truly in the city of McKinney, we can. Absolutely, by faith. McKinney, another marker is that we're pretty kid-centric. Have you noticed that? Right? The the largest gatherings, I'd say the largest churches in McKinney are the soccer fields over at Craig Ranch. Look at those. They're packed every day of the week. That's a good thing. 
but it's an awful thing when those kids become an idol. And so part of being in a space and place at a current time is understanding the idols of that culture. Is maybe that we've swung too heavily to be kid-focused, where we've now become kid-worshipping. Or how about busyness, the idol of busyness? Some people go, oh, don't talk. Let's talk about it. Everyone in our city, everyone in our community, most of us in our church, when you say, hey, how's life? I rarely get just one long Sabbath. (laughs) One long period of beautiful God-given rest, right? What do you get? Man, we're going, we're blowing, we're going, this is happening. Why, why is it like that? Why is it like that? Because it's not just enough to go, oh yeah, it's busyness. No, it's the heart and the root of what that, we feel that feeds. That we're being productive, that we're, being, we're, we're building, we're progressing, we're making something of ourselves. It has become our identity because we believe it gives us value. It's what we hold is valuable. Being spirit-led students of our city is not enough just to identify, but we must begin to ask the Lord, how are we going to push back on those in our lives that we are guilty of so many of these? And also being a picture, a living portrait in our community of a better way, of a different way. Isaiah 58, um, another prophet, right? Listen to this. Isaiah 58 is we're thinking about seeking the the welfare and praying for the welfare of the city. Listen to what Isaiah says. Is, is not this the fast or worship, the word fast there is worship, that I choose, meaning God, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him up and not to hide yourself from your own flesh, meaning not to love your neighbor well? Like, is this not the worship that the Lord wants from his people? He says, when this happens, then shall your light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Like, what, what would it look like if a community of faith took that seriously? You see, God has planted us in McKinney for his glory and the good of those in this city. And Jeremiah 29.7 doesn't just give the reality, it doesn't just give us the action to seek and to pray, it also tells us the result. God says that as you begin to seek the welfare, the shalom, the peace of that city, when it begins to flow from you, listen, it's in that peace, guess what? You'll find your peace as well. That's the end of the verse in its flourishing, in its peace going forth, you in turn will find your peace as well, that that shalom will permeate in and through the people of God scattered throughout our community. Listen, since the beginning, the Parks Church has always been a church that is without hesitation been willing to say yes to opportunities that God has brought our way to bring the peace of God, the shalom of God, to our city. We as leaders and we as a church, we pray constantly that God would lead us to those places and spaces that are most laughable and outrageous when we say them publicly. Things like we're going to start a medical clinic. We're going to wade into something that we've never done before with very little experience. We're going to feed people a warm meal, a warm meal that continually had never been fed here in McKinney. 
And let me tell you, for God's glory, as a result, thousands of people over 12 years in our local community have discovered the life-changing love and power of Jesus Christ. Thousands? Come on, Kyle, really? No, literally. I sat down this week, and it was a beautiful exercise. I sat down this week and began to think over the last decade plus of how many people have been touched in and through things started, birthed right here out of the Parks Church. And listen, we're just this little community meeting in a rented facility in downtown McKinney. Meals served every Sunday for 10 years. Probably somewhere around 50,000 plates of food served in Jesus' name. 50,000 opportunities over the last decade to show and share the love of Jesus Christ. Pioneered by people right here at the Parks Church, seeking the shalom and peace of the city, recognizing something is broken, something is not right, stepping in by faith. I already mentioned Hope Clinic that just clicked over patient number 2,000 a couple months ago, serving as a primary health care facility in our community. Bags of groceries given away every week, Thursday and Sunday. They are giving away 100, on average, 100 bags of groceries every week. Do the math, church. 50 weeks a year, over 10 years, groceries going out, mentoring at the disciplinary campus every single week. Hundreds and hundreds of kids, elementary, middle school, and high school. You guys are interacting with them, not just showing Christ, but you are sharing the love of Christ as well with them in their lives. Millions of dollars financially over 12 years invested into the community and around the world so that the name of Jesus might be made known. Church planting. Missionary supported people sent out far and close. All because of a a group of people who take the word of God seriously. To go, what's possible? One of our favorite stories of Jesus is Matthew 14 where he, his disciples come and he's just taught to a group of about 5,000 people, probably more like 10,000, right? You know this story. And the disciple, Jesus is like, I want everyone fed. <laughs> and his disciples are like, well, here's what we have to work with. Five loaves and two fish. And what happens? What happens when you hand Jesus five loaves and two fish? Anything he wants. Anything he wants, when you hand him what you have, your availability, your life, your time, your talents, your treasures. In that particular instance, in Matthew chapter 14, here's what Jesus did with that meal. He fed everyone. And in Matthew 14, it says this, and all were fed and all were satisfied. Everyone there ate and everyone there was satisfied. What happens when a community of faith like ours, again, comes before Jesus, like we did in the feeding, like we have in Hope Clinic, now looking forward with what Jesus wants to do in the future? What happens when we go, Lord, this is what we have, five loaves and two fish. Lord, we've seen you do it. We've seen you multiply. We've seen you impact lives. We've seen you save. We've seen people baptized on the city square. How crazy is that? We are a church that doesn't meet in here, but about twice a year goes out to the public city square and baptizes and proclaims Jesus. That's impossible, y'all. That's ridiculous. What happens when we come again before the Lord? He'll do it again. 
You see, I share all of that because I want you to know the heart of the Parks Church has not changed. The approach of the Parks Church to be a community of people radically committed to Jesus Christ, radically committed to being faithful in whatever opportunity he opens up. But this morning, I do want to share with you a new opportunity that he's opened up. And so, Keith, play the video. The God of all creation moves in places throughout history. In the beginning, he established time and put people within it, giving them a garden to call their home. We've all followed that model ever since. We step into communities, neighborhoods, and facilities others have built, and we build on. We add to these stories with our own, and God weaves them together to accomplish his glory and our good. God prepares us for the time and place he's put us in. The Parks Church has lived with this conviction since its founding. We're a body committed to the city of McKinney. But we've been nomadic neighbors, moving in and out of temporary dwelling places as we seek to love our community. In parking lots, government buildings, event spaces, and living rooms around the city, the Spirit has been on the move for over a decade. We've seen people baptized on the square, the sick have been served, the hungry fed. But it's time for us to establish a home, a place we can use to better serve our neighbors. The corner of Davis and Tennessee was once considered the gateway to downtown, the first steps into the cultural center. This location is no coincidence. God has called us to occupy this specific place and seek His glory for the good of our city. This will be a place with children running in the halls, a space for greetings and conversations, laughter and tears, celebrations and heartbreaks. But a building is more than a destination. Here we will welcome God's presence and watch as it spreads through the streets. We'll see new stories written and a city revitalized as the people of God continue to enter its history and seek the good of those within it. This is not a new thing God is doing. It's an extension of what He's already done. Expanding our space expands the opportunities to serve those who are wandering. And we get to tell them what we're all about, what we've always been about. King, kingdom, common good. Establishing a permanent home allows us to demonstrate our unshakable commitment to an unshakable God. He has called us to this place at this time, and He's asking us to participate in the new history He's writing. Will you join us? Downtown McKinney. Not in a million years did we think outside of this facility that we would be able to stay as a community of faith in downtown McKinney, particularly on the square. But the Lord has given us an opportunity an opportunity that our covenant partners have been made well aware of, an opportunity to build a permanent hub and house here in downtown McKinney, a hub for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go forth in. This is another opportunity. This is another step of faith for us. The building that we're, we, we, we own, we own three contiguous buildings down on South Tennessee in Davis Streets. You can leave that. Those three right there at the end of the whole block. The goal and the vision for us as a community of faith is to renovate those three facilities, one of which we've already renovated and just tie it into 
the other two that are on the corner to move our entire church, the worships and everything, down to this space. And you say, well, Kyle. And, and, and by the way, the Parks for uh, a few years got a reputation um, as being anti-building. And maybe it's because we said it once or twice. But okay, beyond that, we had to back up a little bit. We are not anti-building. What we are anti are mortgages that dictate the mission of the church. And so what we have always said is that we do not want the mortgage of the church to dictate the mission of the church. Jesus, this is your church. You are building it. You are building her. You're making her more beautiful. And so whatever that looks like, however that looks for us to step into, Lord, that's what we want to do. And so it's caused us to explore. It's caused us to be really, what I would say, slow in the process of going, where would you establish for us a permanent home? A permanent home has been something we've prayed for and desired. Again, we thought it would never be, it could never be on the downtown square in downtown McKinney. No way, there's not a big enough building. There's not enough properties until God makes a way, right? And he links together three individual buildings. And there are stories I could tell you on how these three buildings were acquired. And I will over this glory and good initiative telling you how God absolutely moved in that way. And some of you, maybe you're, you're asking, or maybe you come from a church where it's like, oh, Kyle, a building campaign for real? No. This is an initiative, an initiative we've never had. We've never set before and said, okay, Kyle, here we go. You're just another pastor asking the church for money. If that's you, put that card that you have down under your seat and just listen to me. We've never stood before our faith family and talked about something like this because there has never been something like this for our faith family. But it is at this moment the Lord has called us to step forward in faith and present this to us as a community. Go, the Lord has called us here in this specific location at this specific time, and it will take all of us. Why, why build? Why, why move? Well, there's a couple reasons just logistically. After service, here's what I want you to do. Walk downstairs. <laughs> right? We have, we have numerically outgrown the space that we are in in nearly every single area of ministry, particularly with our kids. We operate our kids' ministry and our littles' ministry in four makeshift areas, and we have done it for nearly a decade. You can kind of see some of the makeshift with curtains and things. Let me tell you, those black pipe and drape don't stop a four-year-old stiff-arming it, okay? <laughs> right? Some of you in littles are like, yes, I know. The opportunities that we have to create and communicate permanence to our community for generations to come will happen in and through these buildings being developed and created. Listen, a lot of our energy as staff goes into the logistics and, and carrying out the, the logistics of rented facilities and some other things that we believe it is time and the Lord has given us an opportunity to move forward into a different, different a more permanent space. And also, as our community of faith continues to grow and our city begins to grow, we want to offer the Parks Church as a community resource, and we have a beautiful opportunity to continue to steward this. And also, for us as a community of faith, to look forward, to look forward to what's next praying open-handed, going, Lord, what areas, what broken places in our city are you calling us to seek peace, to be the peacekeepers and makers in this kind of community? Um, Hudson Taylor, you know him because he's a great missionary. Um, he says this quote that I've been dwelling on for about a year now. He says, there are three stages to every great work of God. First, 
It's impossible. There's no way we can stay in downtown McKinney. There's no way. There's, there's no buildings. There's no, there's no. Then it's difficult. And then it's done. First, it's impossible. The Lord has made a way for us as a community of faith to create a permanent home and hub for the gospel to go forth in our community, in downtown McKinney, on the square. Kyle, what's it going to take? Well, it's going to take all of us praying and seeking God like never before. It's going to take us serving one another and serving this faith family well. And it's going to take us also stepping out in radical generosity, in radical faith, in cheerful giving, as 2 Corinthians tells us. Risky, faith-filled giving that sees the opportunity before us. Listen, this, this building, and I want to show just some pictures. This is an internal sketch of one of the things. Again, these are, these are rough renderings. Keep going next. That's the lobby. A lobby, can you imagine it as a church? <laughs> a place for people to hang out and be and socialize. Next. An auditorium seating between five and 600 people. That's roughly what we, we have in here, a little under 500. Next. Another auditorium for our, our kids in different spaces like that. Going from, you can take those off. Going from four classrooms that are makeshift with pipe and drape to over 13 designated classrooms for our kiddos, for the space for the next generation, for us to steward them well, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week, loving and serving this community so well. You see, the stories of these buildings, they go way back. The building on the corner, it was an old tire shop. The building in the center, it's been a lot of things. A mall, a car shop as well. Divorce attorneys have had their offices there. But what they will become is a place of worship. A house of worship anchored at Tennessee and Davis Street. You see, Tennessee and Davis Street in McKinney used to be known as the gateway to the north. Because before the corner was a tire shop, it was a gas station. And everyone coming up from Dallas, going all the way through to Oklahoma, would fill up their cars at this Conoco gas station. You want to know how I know it's also a gas station? Confirmed? As we were doing a little digging, literal digging, we found the gas tank. <laughs> and so this section, this intersection, that used to be the gateway of the north that welcomed people into McKinney and throughout McKinney, will now be a place where it welcomes people with a sign, with a presence that says that Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the one who is over the city. Seek the peace. Seek the shalom of the place that I have placed you in. And so grab the card, if you will. This is just a kickoff to this initiative, by the way. We're going to continue to talk. We're going to continue to have conversation around this. But I pray that the vision of what God is doing and has been doing at the Parks Church has been clear. And that he's inviting us into the next chapter of that. And we believe the next chapter of that is at Davis and Tennessee Street. By completing this project, by creating a permanent hub for the gospel to go forth in resourcing, in sending, 
in serving nonprofits and for-profits and gathering people together under the banner of Jesus Christ. This is our opportunity. This is a moment, church, for us. He said, Kyle, what are we looking to raise? What's our goal here? The goal for the Glory and Good Initiative, which includes this building and no debt, is raising over $7.5 million dollars. The Glory and Good Initiative is for our, us to raise, as a faith family, $7.5 million. Some of you are going, oh. right. Five loaves, two fish. Lord, what can you do in a community of faith like this who are just willing to give to the Lord what they have? That when the Lord stirs their hearts, they will obey. Listen, he owns it all, Right? The Lord owns absolutely everything. We are sure that he has called us as a community toward this, toward this endeavor. But it's going to take all of us. It's going to take every single person in this room who calls the Park Church home radically committing to risky generosity for the glory of God. And hear me, you have probably been part of church campaigns or heard church campaigns. Listen, this is not going to be one of those super slick deals where it's like, oh, we got these glossy things. Not that I'm against them, okay? But it has to be consistent with who we are. That any time we have ever gotten up in front of this church and said this is an opportunity before us that the Lord has given us, our church has responded overwhelmingly by going, this is where we're at, this is where our heart's at, and we're going to, by faith, contribute, give, serve, however, whatever means it looks like in this project, this goal, this initiative is going to take all of that. It's going to take all of us being on the same page, giving for the glory of God and the good of this city. And so listen, this is just a send-off. This, is, this wraps up our four-week series on send, right? We begin our series next week on the parables of Jesus. We're going to teach through the parables in the fall. But I want us to take a moment now, before we get up and we get communion, to ask the Lord again, speak to our hearts. Lead us. I'm not asking you to make a commitment today. The commitment Sunday or when we'll bring these back will be September 17th. I want to give you some weeks, give you time to pray about this, to process this. We're going to be in communication about what's going on, about the things taking place, our progress, our, our goals. But listen, my faith is so stirred up this morning. I'm serious. I, I got to be honest. I'm really nervous, right? I'm doing something we've never done in the history of the Parks Church before, and that's ask for money, right? Believe it or not. And if you don't believe me, ask somebody around you, okay? But I am trusting that the Lord is moving. I'm trusting that the Lord will move on your heart. I'm trusting that he will write this story. How am I trusting in that? Because that's what he's done this whole time. And he's written a far better story than I could ever imagine. A far better story than even in these pages. A story that's in these pages. The story of his faithfulness, his kindness, his mercy, his work his wholeness and completeness. And so let me pray for us. Hosts, get ready as we prepare our hearts for communion. Father, God, I thank you for these opportunities where we are just stretched beyond measure. 
And Father, this is so stretching for our church. But Lord, the vision that you started, the, the, the call you have placed upon the Parks Church, Lord, 12 years ago, with a handful of families, God is continuing to this day because of your grace, because of your mercy, and because of your provision. And so, Lord, I pray that this would just be another monument and testimony of that, of that mercy, of that grace going forth. So, Lord, I pray that you would stir up our hearts, all of us, God, to pray like never before for this church, for this community. Lord, that for those who don't know you, that they would come to know you in a saving relationship, that you would stir up our hearts in radical generosity, generosity that's laughable. Lord, this only happens if you go before us. And so, Lord, I thank you that you are going before us. Father, as there are conversations around dinner tables and with spouses and there are prayers being prayed, Father, I pray that you would give clarity. I pray that there would be unity in this body and our steps moving forward. And, oh, Father, that you would use something like brick and mortar for your glory. That you would continue to use this community of people for your glory as we scatter and as we gather. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this church. And I thank you that the story you're writing is just beginning. Let us see as you see for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.